Okay, can we just say Scott Bayo gets the biggest dick award, not the banana hammock kind of dick. I mean, like, Currently he's just a dick. or back then? Hello, world, is a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. A whole lot of loving is what we'll be bringing. We'll make you happy. Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the big wheel generation whose favorite smells are Crayola, Lip Smackers, and Mimeograph Ink. We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear, like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. And today, we will be saving the Super Bowl of celebrity reality shows, Battle of the Network Stars. I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists. I don't know about you guys, but for me, one of the best parts of doing this podcast is the research I get to do on each topic. And even better is when it involves watching old shows I loved, but I haven't seen in decades. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. I agree. I agree. Yes. I mean, so who fun. would think that I'd be sitting here as a 53-year-old woman watching Battle of the Network Stars? <sighs> right. And I can't stop. I can't stop. Well, and that was that was funny. You should mention Battle of the Network Stars. That was one of my favorite episodes to research um, because I got to watch so many episodes of Battle of the Network Stars. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's available on YouTube. And we, But did we ever think we'd watch it again? Like, was no. that something that two years ago would have even entered your mind? No. And not only that, but it's your job, Michelle. Yeah, I mean, right. how awesome is that? It's so I get job. paid real well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. But it was so fun. And it's it's like one of those things that your brain, like it's like your whole body, like all of the cells and all of the DNA and everything in your body just seem to realign when you watch one of those old shows. Yes. Do you guys feel like that? Like I'll That's turn a on- good way of putting it, actually. Yes. I'll turn on whether it was like when we were doing Eight is Enough or when when we were doing um, Battle of the Network Stars. You watch it. You haven't seen it in decades, and it all just feels right. It's like everything gets back in order in your body, and you're like, oh, sure, I haven't watched this in 35 years, but yes, of course. I well, Howard Cosell's get, voice, of course, yes, you know. Right. And you even come you come con- in contact with actual thoughts and feelings that you had 40 years ago, which is super trippy to me because me when I – this is the number one thought that I came into contact with, that I got reunited with. Oh my God, Ma Ingalls is in shorts. That's <laughs> right. the number one thing. I'm watching it going, oh, I remember when I saw this and I was like, oh, if I knew the words, holy shit, at that time, I would have said those words, but I was too young. Exactly. But her hair was down. That was what threw me, oh, yes. is her hair mm-hmm. being down. I agree. Um, all of that. And not only was it... Um, one of my favorite episodes. It really ended up being one of our most downloaded episodes uh, so far that we've done. So it wasn't just the three of us who wanted to um, get back in touch with our Battle of the Network Stars days. It was all of our um, listeners and followers as well. Mm -hmm. They really enjoyed it. Um, And yeah, Karen Grassley seeing her, because honestly, you guys, we had never seen like anything, any of her skin besides her her face and her hands. (laughs) I mean, I guess maybe when right. we got to the leg one, I don't know if that episode. When she tried to cut off well, her yeah, leg, but, but that was not her leg. It was a fake leg. There you go. Well, and it was infected with gangrene. <laughs> and what's interesting is that now, you know, that was back, that episode, uh, our Battle of the Network Stars episode was episode 28, and it aired uh, July 12th of 2021. And, you know, way back in July of 2021, you guys, we didn't oh. even know Karen Grassley yet. We hadn't even she wasn't had a conversation, right? But mm-hmm. but it is true that like I remember in this episode, um, we talked about the shock at seeing Ma Ingalls out of her prairie skirts and that she had legs and everything. <laughs> but what's interesting is now having read her wonderful memoir, um, Bright Lights Prairie, Prairie Dust, um, turned to find out that you know she was a very sexual being and she was not Ma Ingalls and. We have an episode, well, coming up just in a few weeks, a couple of weeks, you guys, where we are going to um, share with you our entire interview with Karen Grassley, and she gives us some very interesting dirt on Battle of the Network Stars. We can't tell you now, but we kind of like jaws open, right, you guys? We yeah, were like, they, wait, what? We had a lot of fun on yeah. Battle of the Network Stars, uh-huh. and so it was fun hearing uh, and reading 
her take on her experience there, which, yeah, there was a lot going yeah. on. And it was interesting, too. We had one of our followers, Rena Jones, had let us know that her husband went to Pepperdine and he worked uh-huh. in the security department part and part time. And one of his favorite jobs ever was when they were filming Battle of the Network Stars, he got assigned to be with some of the stars, I guess, kind of like a bodyguard or make sure they got where they needed to go. And one of his favorite memories is hanging out in um, the hot tub with Norman <laughs> Fell. That was one of his celebrities he had to hang with. Mr. Roper. Yeah, Mr. Roper from Three's Company. So there was I love Rena's husband, though, that that's his favorite. Yes. Not like Ann Jillian <laughs> yeah. or, you know, right. or Fell. Jacqueline Smith. It's Norman <laughs> Fell. Um, yeah. Well, you know what? Norman Fell seems like he was probably a pretty fun guy to hang out with. Yeah, right? I think a lot of fun happened outside of those games and um, the sports we watched with them. Mm-hmm. I think the behind the scenes, there was some a lot of fun uh, the stars were having. And I yeah. was really – that was – that was very gratifying to me, actually, to find out that they also really had a good time and yes. really enjoyed it because it was so special to us. It was like second only to Christmas for us. And it would have been such a bummer to hear like, oh, I got to go do that stupid mm-hmm. battle of the right. network stars I mean, again. Karen talks, not to give too much away on the book, but like the training for it, like there was some training that they did going into it because some of these stars were, you know, they led kind of a hard life off of the camera. They were doing a little... <laughs> you know, stuff here and there. And they had to kind of get in shape, some of them. But I think she... Mm-hmm. Well, let's say, yeah, let's... Some is the important word. Some people did. Yes. Some people yes. did yeah. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and we could tell. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that who was, was it in this movie? We talk about it in this episode. Joan Van Who Ark. was it? Yeah, the swimmer. Who Joan just, Van Ark. She, she could could. barely swim. <laughs> <laughs> she almost drowned. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> It's a really fun episode, and it absolutely is one of my favorites of um, of 2021 of our first year of podcasting. So, um, yeah. So, for those of you new to the society, or for those of you who just want to revisit this really, really fun conversation, snap on your speedos for this encore presentation of episode 28, Battle of the Network Stars. Forget, if you will, the Olympic Games, Monday Night Football Championship fights. Conjure instead with the notion of Wonder Woman on the obstacle course. Kojak anchoring the tug of war. Farrah Fawcett Majors trying to be Sandra Palmer. Jimmy Walker spiking it for the point in volleyball. Adrian Barbeau of Maud meeting every physical challenge. Yes, it's the most unique sports competition in history. The stars of primetime television buying for almost $400,000 and pride and self-respect. We call it the Battle of the Network Stars. Welcome to our deep and thoughtful analysis of TV's most exciting and most jiggly celebrity competition reality show, (laughs) The Battle of the Network Stars. The program made its debut in November of 1976 and offered an athletic competition between the primetime stars of the three big networks, ABC, CBS, and NBC. That was it. That's all we had. And it was a genius idea that allowed them to both promote their shows and score big ratings during Sweeps Week. And Carolyn, I think our listeners know enough about you now to know that this must have been a dream come true for you. Yes, it was. I'm sorry. <laughs> I cannot wait for when Battle of the Network Stars came on TV. You guys, I know you've heard it, but I'm going to say it again. Seeing these celebrities out of their element. And just being themselves and just interacting with each other. You know, one somebody from the Waltons talking to somebody from Eight is Enough. Oh, my gosh. It's like when you would see your teacher in the grocery store, like in different clothes and maybe with her husband and her, ki- and her kids. It just would blow your mind. It was such a rush for me. Almost scary how, how excited I sound <laughs> as I'm talking about it. But it truly was a rush just realizing that these were regular people doing some you know, some things that we could do outside. They um, made me smile, like when I could see a shirtless Willie Ames struggling mm-hmm, in a tug of war with those mm-hmm. like veins popping out of his head and his teeth gr- so gritting and Scott Bayo in his face like yelling, Paul, Paul! <laughs> so Team ABC could bring home the gold or 
you guys, how about when we would see Ma Ingalls, not oh in her gosh. prairie skirt, but in a Speedo bathing suit? Like, I who mean, was that? Come it on. was like, that was, that was almost a disturbing thing for me because you kind <laughs> of, it, you're at an age when you're a child that you sometimes can misconstrue fantasy and reality. You, we think of them as their, right. as their characters. And to see Ma Ingalls in jogging shorts, much less running, <laughs> running, yeah. unless there's like a fire in the barn, right? Or there's right. a rattler in the yard or something like that. <laughs> I did not like it. But at the same time, it was very titillating. And with her cute yes. little um, shoulder-length little haircut. haircut. Without yes, the bun. No bun. No, no bun. bun. No bonnet. I yeah. know. Yeah, I it loved, was crazy. I loved this show so much, and I loved it exactly for the same reasons you did, Caroline. And I think it was just that these people became real all of a sudden. Like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, like you said, that was kind of disturbing, but at the same time, you could see their real personalities, and it was really fun. It was you know, we all kind of have admitted that we sort of lived in fantasy worlds, right? So, mm-hmm. like, you could then really see Willie Ames as Willie Ames and not right. as Tommy. Or, you know, I could see Scott Bayo as Scott Bayo and not oh. as Chachi. Or we could see these people as their real self. And that mm-hmm. just opened up a whole nother world for like they our could imagine- be your make-believe. They yeah, could then we got, actually then be we, your boyfriend. You know, now... Now teenagers have and preteens get to see their crushes who are maybe, you know, on a on a show, they get to see them on social media as their all real the self all the time. Right. We didn't. We saw them in print magazines, but they weren't moving right. around. And I didn't stay up late enough really to watch interview shows like if they were on the Tonight Show or anything. Right. That's um, the so only Battle thing on the that network we, where stars we would see was, them real. Yeah, it was so cool. Mm-hmm. It was so like, there they are. And, you know, Christy McNichol and all these younger mm-hmm. stars who you could see them as their real self. And then you could mm-hmm. you could imagine them as your friend or your boyfriend or yes. your husband. Even that much more. <laughs> I To me, it was like, it was a mashup between the love boat and stars. They're just like us. Right? When you have, <laughs> right. you talked, Carolyn, last time about the excitement of, of that opening sequence of the love boat to see who were going to be the star's faces that were going to appear in the porthole. And so that was the same thing with Battle of the Network Stars, except they are just like us because they're showing up as themselves. It was (laughs) so exciting for me. I was always team ABC. I was Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, Mm -hmm. Mork and Mindy. And these are people that you already love, right? You see Mm -hmm. them in your living rooms once a week. They're like part of your family. Yes. But I was going to say to you guys, I don't know about you, but I also had, sometimes I had to look away, like, like the Speedos and stuff. Like, and oh. even at age 52, oh, yeah. like, I don't want to know oh, what yeah. Robin Williams is packing. No. I don't want to know. But I will say, you guys, I was watching last night. Can I just say that Howard Hessman was a little <laughs> in doubt? What? <laughs> You're kidding. I didn't wow. look away. <laughs> See, I totally agree with you about the banana hammock situation because oh, there were some where like the Speedos were nicely packaged and just like, like it was really thick fabric. But other times like Ed Asner would come out oh, with no, his, no. his tank top and his Speedo would be kind of loose and it would be like, it's kind of like seeing your principal in, in a Speedo. <laughs> It's I was asking, I was telling my sister-in-law last night that I was watching Battle of the Network Stars and my sister-in-law Susie texted back and she just said, that show embarrassed me to watch. It was the short shorts and brawless runners. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I know. Because there was a lot of, you know, you said it in the opening, Kristen. There was a lot of it was very jiggly. And, um, and you know, yeah. those those swimsuits, those Speedo swimsuits were, they showcased their bodies beautifully. But I think they must have had pads because I will say in watching them, mm-hmm. they never had any little nips. Um, no nips. Uh, no. And even in the oh, cold dunk take water, right. when they'd get mm-hmm. out. They'd, they'd be screaming, it's so cold, it's so cold. And, and you I'd know like, when Farrah Fawcett was up that they were looking for the nipples. They probably took Farrah yeah. Fawcett's pads out so she could make sure and showcase right. hers. But well, yeah. and let's just be clear, there were no sports bras back then, right? So mm-hmm. when Suzanne Summers is running the 50-yard dash, people are tuning in for another reason. Yeah. And Adrian Barbeau, that just looked painful. I know. I know. And I don't want to reduce them to that. No, no. But let's just be honest about when you hear the comments from the from the men on the other teams, comments that were totally um, accepted in the seventies. But now you're like, ouch! I don't think you should say that. Carolyn, you had your hand raised. Oh, sorry. That was just the fact that I did see my um, principal in a speedo once. (gasps) Oh no! Story. Oh, oh no! (laughs) I know. 
it's even crazier because um, to all my Bishop Eustace friends out there, do you remember seeing Father Angelo? No, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. With his gold chain and speedo oh, at our senior oh. high um, trip to Florida. That's so, really yeah, inappropriate. Like, like you, it wasn't like an athletic situation. They, you were going on the beach with yeah. Father Guido. I think with Father. <laughs> I didn't hear you say his name. I'm sorry. Father Angelo. <laughs> yes. One of the producers did say, you know, did we did we get stars on that were attractive? You know, did we go for the, you know, the Gillian mm-hmm. Andersons and the the Farrah Fawcett's and the Jacqueline Smiths? Sure, we did. But at the same time, he's trying to, you know, backpedal and say, but really, we just, you know, anybody, anybody goes. And I'm thinking, you know, when I watch that, I they're know. all stunning. However, think about the 70s. At the time, they were all stunning. Even, you know. Penny Marshall, who you might say you can't right. put next to Farrah Fawcett without, you know, comparing, she looked fantastic in a spe- in her Speedo yeah. swimsuit. So I feel well, like... and there is, it's almost like when you look at it from that perspective, it's almost like this is a little time capsule of how, what we expected women to look like. Because yeah. like you said, they were beautiful and most of them were skinny, but it was, but there were no hard bodies. So it was more like they were skinny by virtue of youth and genetics. It looked like they ate food. Right. They, and there yeah, were no yeah. gyms back then. I think the standards now, I think it's pretty punishing to be a celebrity as far as what yeah. people are expected to look like. I agree. Yeah. Did you guys want to go to Pepperdine University? <laughs> I did. You know, I totally did. did and I, and I, you know, here I'm at 18 years old. I'm like, hmm, maybe I should look at Pepperdine. I only know one thing about Pepperdine University. <laughs> and that's, the, that's where they had the Battle of the Network Stars. That's all I know. Yeah. That's the impact that it had on me. Wow. I went to palm camp there when I was in high school, when I was in Ooh, uh, high school in, in Arizona. Oh, wow. And we went to Pepperdine. And I remember thinking, hey, <laughs> this is Didn't pretty got a cool. Kayak? Battle. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Felt like I needed to like tug a war. Okay. The whole idea was absurd. It was, you're taking um, artists, right? From the very dignified, like Caroline Ingalls and or the silly, like Robin Williams, and you're making them do athletic events. The whole notion of it is very absurd. But we didn't regard it this way at all. We took it very, very seriously. This was not comedy. This was not a farce. Mm -hmm. We were taking it as a serious sporting competition. Yeah, and ABC actually tried to take it a little seriously, too, in that they purposely chose Howard Cosell to be the host, which he did for 18 of the 19 episodes. And at the time, he was to sports what Walter Cronkite was to the news. And to have him and that voice kind of lent a little bit of Mm -hmm. credibility to um, the show. And he took it very seriously. Yeah, he did. Um, He did some behind-the-scenes interviews with some of those stars that we saw. He was like the Barbara Walters of (laughs) Battle of the Network stars. Robin Williams, the figure from Hawk, the man who's starring in Mork and Mindy. There's his background for you. This is a young man who has really startled everybody with his emergence into national prominence. I'm trying to stay the same. I just live out past Zoom and I just go out there and hide. (laughs) <laughs> just live that quiet life. When did you decide you wanted to be a performer? Uh, about three years ago. Four years ago, actually. I left. I was going to Juilliard School of Acting. And that's what I made the decision then. Then I left school after three years and started taking up stand-up comedy as a release. And they gave him some fun co-hosts to kind of bounce things mm-hmm. off of. And mm-hmm. I'll put fun in quotation marks because some of them... Like O.J. Simpson, not sure that would be fun anymore. Mm -hmm. But he had different co-hosts throughout the series of the show. Everybody from Bruce Jenner then, who at that time was the greatest athlete in the world, having come off the decathlon. Um, Then we go to have Suzanne Somers in later times, Frank Gifford, (laughs) Billy Crystal. Here's Billy. You set a record in that lane, and now you've chosen to run in this lane. Any particular reason? No. I've never seen you more determined for anything in my life. This is Well, I love sports. <laughs> so, well, maybe good that's luck. Why. I'll get Thank out of you. your way. Okay. He was also giving us a little backstory, little he factoids was, here huh? and there. It was kind of like watching People magazine. Yeah. Like, I did not know that Jan Smithers from WKRP in Cincinnati was discovered on a beach in Malibu and became the cover girl for this think piece in a magazine about teenagers on the beach. What will their lives become? And from there, she becomes a big star. I learned that from Howard Cosell. He's a fixture in our generation. 
if you mm-hmm. watch sports with, you know, your parents or from Battle of the Network Stars, that's really how I know him. Yeah. I didn't I didn't have a dad around that watched sports. So I it's kind of embarrassing to say, oh, Howard, if you say Howard Cosell, my first thought is, oh, Battle of the Network Stars. <laughs> of course. But oh, that would true. be That's too. what I associate totally. him with. Absolutely. Oh, mm-hmm. But ladies. even his, so he did elevate the experience to something to Absolutely. be taken seriously. But there's no way that you can look at Parker Stevenson, like <laughs> running his ass off with a twisted ankle and he's running toward the finish line. Like he's actually trying to get a real gold medal and not, and your brain does a backflip. Like what is happening? That is Frank Hardy. But that's what I was saying earlier. What mm-hmm. I loved about it is that I didn't, on Battle of the Network Stars, it wasn't Frank Hardy. It was Parker Stevenson who I actually yes. liked. I've said in this yes. podcast before, I was assigned him by mm-hmm. my sister. Sort of felt like a dad to me, but he was my boyfriend. And I learned that he um, was the captain of the crew team at um, Harvard, I believe, was his um, alma mater. So, yeah, when he hopped in that inflatable kayak, he was able to bring Team ABC. They were already losing, Mm -hmm. but he was able to bring them close to second place. So he's one of the, this is where you get to find out which athletes actually have some athletic prowess and which ones do not, Mm -hmm. because there were no requirements for being a part of this show. Mm -hmm. No experience required. There was zero training required. (laughs) And it was potentially awkward and unflattering. Like we said, there were no gyms back then, but people were like, come on, let's do it. I mean, to see, it was like, sometimes it was like watching your mom run Which she might be doing it fine, but you've just never seen it before. And so it looks kind of weird. Like when you see Gabe Kaplan, when you see Mr. Cotter running to the finish line, it just looks so funny. And it turns out Gabe Kaplan was a really good runner. Like who knew? He was a collegiate track runner. He ran track in college. Mm -hmm. But that, that was the appeal of it. I loved it. I was watching an episode last night. And it was the relay race. And it's Dick Van Patten against Ed Asner. Oh, and there's just something about watching those two just sprint like, you know, they're being chased. For ABC, Dick Van Patten and Ed Asner for CBS. And there they go. And Dick Van Patten is overtaking Ed Asner in the outside lane with ease. Aaron Gray trying to hold together but falling behind. Van Patten will pass off to Christy McNichol, giving her a good lead. I couldn't I couldn't stop laughing. And then I thought, oh, they're so old. And then I thought, oh, geez, they're probably yeah. our age. They were probably our they, age at the time. That was 50 years ago. Well, 45 years ago. Oh, my yeah. God. They were they probably, probably younger were. than we were. They were probably younger than, than us. Than we are. And poor Joan Van Ark. Oh, my God. Joan Van Ark should not have been in the pool. And here you have this very serious swimming relay, and they're just swimming their hearts out. And then Joan Van Ark, she dives off of the starting block, and the poor girl starts doing the side stroke. And what? Howard Gosell, yes, she does. And Howard Gosell is like, Joan Van Ark, she can barely swim. <laughs> she just barely makes it to the other side. Well, his oh color, my. his commentary was always funny because it was always like that, very pointed and kind of rude, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it made you laugh. But it totally having did. said that, have you did did you guys notice or people people listening, if you've gone back and watched, not many of them off the starting block did anything but a belly flop on the way <laughs> oh, in. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Almost Almost every single one of them, you just go, ah, you just kind of cringe when you see them land on the water because they all just belly flop. It makes you wonder if they showed up that day having not been in a pool since they were children. I mean, seriously, I don't think anybody required any practice from any of them, any of them, except for Robert Conrad. Apparently, he was quite the taskmaster, and he required people to train, and then that started to freak people out. Well, I will say that, you know, they, they... They took it seriously. I think Mm -hmm. it was Karen Grassley, Ma Ingalls, who said she did it originally because she was weary of always dragging around prairie skirts. So any opportunity to get out of the skirt, she was all in. She was for. But she said at first they all thought, oh, this will just be a lark. This will just be, this is just going to be silly and fun. But then you got there and she said none of them wanted to look like idiots. So they took it really seriously. And then she said, plus... There was a lot of money on the table. And that is why, that is why they agreed to risk their dignity, right? Mm-hmm. Because they could look yeah. like complete fools. If I was super famous and somebody asked me to be in the Battle of the Network Star, I'd be like, that's a hard no, unless you've got like a walking around the block 
race, then maybe <laughs> I could show up. But otherwise, I'm going to look like a fool. But there was a right. lot of money on the table, like you said. They got $10,000 just for showing up for the day, no matter how they did. And you got $20,000 if your team won. And in those days, I know that sounds like, you know, you could buy a bike for $10,000 nowadays, especially <laughs> in the pandemic when you can't get a bike. Um, but in those days, they didn't they didn't get the salaries that TV right. stars get mm-hmm. today. It was significantly less. And some of them probably actually needed the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Tim Reed, who was on WKRP in Cincinnati, said he used the money to, he recorded an album. You know, he, oh, he wow. was on WKRP, mm-hmm. but he needed that money to mm-hmm. do other, to have other ventures that he wanted to do. It really um, wasn't until Seinfeld when people started asking for hundreds of thousands of dollars per episode, mm-hmm. and then it, come fr- it comes to friends, and then they want a million dollars per episode. But then that sort of relates to, remember in our last episode, we talked about how um, there were more and more commercials required in a show, and that took away from the theme songs. Well, that's because the actors are now asking for a million dollars per episode. Right. That's not what it was with Happy Days. Right. You know what's interesting, you guys? They all got $10,000 just for showing up. They got $20,000 if they won. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. I thought it was like yes. 30 or 40. Is it just 20? I thought it was 20. But Don't what's different that, about that is that today, that would be, that would be, and, and because they make more money today, but that would be yeah. viewed as very selfish. Like today they would be doing that and all that money right. would be going to charity. That charity. is true. I was actually yeah. very shocked when I learned that, mm-hmm. wait, they got to pocket the money and we I all knew. agree. We knew that. Yes, it wasn't like, you know, Celebrity Family Feud now where you were donating our money to the, you know, right. Habitat for Humanity or something. Yeah. That is interesting. That And I, I don't think it's a reflection of our views in society. I think it's a reflection of how much money they make. I do too, because today that yeah. would seem very gross. If, if yeah, we saw them doing a competition show like Family Feud or a Battle yeah. of the Network Stars type show, and we knew they were getting to pocket the money, we would all say, that's yeah. disgusting. And we didn't talk about how much money they were getting per episode because it wasn't that newsworthy. Now Mm -hmm. it's newsworthy because they're asking for a million bucks. You guys, I wanted Mm -hmm. to be one of those cheerleaders so badly. You know, that each... each network had cheerleaders and they basically just sort of flounced around with the giant pom-poms of the day. You know, the the pom-poms back then were enormous. Uh, They looked like giant Muppets or something. Um, And they would just be like, had all these cute little cheers for ABC and they would have the right colors. And I remember when I, when I was watching those episodes the past couple of nights, it just reminded me like, Oh, I remember how much (laughs) I wanted to be a cheerleader and cheer for happy days. (laughs) <laughs> That's so funny that you bring that up because I was also taken with the cheerleaders right now. I wasn't back then, but this time around, I'm watching it. And the reason that I'm so captivated with them, and this is going to tell you where I am in my life, is I was fascinated with how their boobs were not moving. Like they oh. were just stationary. And I'm like, I can't take a breath without a boob hitting me in the face. Right? Like, Well, that's your menopause. That's your menopause, right. Kristen. We've discussed this in private. I mean, we talk about what bras we're buying all the time because you just need to get the right one to hold things down. And those cheerleaders were just like bouncing, 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 and nothing moved. Yeah. It was so great. Well, I wanted to be, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a cheerleader when I grew up. Like how pathetic is that? When people Mm. would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? I wanted to be a cheerleader. (laughs) And that's ridiculous. I had so much fun with Simon Says. And I I want (laughs) to talk a little bit about Simon Says because my sister and I would play it and on the show, they called in like a professional Simon Says caller. I mean, this guy mm-hmm. was not fooling around. I was yeah. watching them last night. It was hard. But my <laughs> sister and I would try to um, see who could win, who could last the longest standing in front of our television. And I was reliving oh this with her the other night. And she said, yeah, I did. That that was the only thing I liked doing with you that night because you would never let me have Team ABC. You always said, Carol or Ronnie, I am Team ABC. You have to have one of the other ones. <laughs> You and couldn't share a team? Big sisters, son. No, I was, she said she hated when Battle of the Network Stars was on. Oh, I'm sorry, Ronnie. I crushed it for Ronnie. Oh, I my God. Horrible. Because you took ABC. Yeah, and I, and I was very um, set on the fact that she had to have someone else so we could be against each other. And only You're one winner. You're competitive. Yes. And I did so not know must, that. It was not pretty, evidently, according to her, and I'm embarrassed. So the only... Bright moment she had during Battle of the Network Stars was when we 
played Simon Says because I guess we were more <laughs> on an even playing field at that point. But um, you had no advantage guys, over her with Simon you Says. You can't play Simon Says with that Simon Sesser, Simon he's, Says caller. He's tough. He tricks them. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. He's tricky. Mm-hmm. You know, when we went to birthday mm-hmm. parties or at school and we played Simon Says, it was very benign. It was very Simon Says, raise your foot. Simon Says, put it down. Mm-hmm. Raise your other foot. This guy was like no joke. Listeners, please go Google (laughs) Battle of the Network Star Simon Says if you don't remember it. He, I still as an adult am sort of like incensed. Like, that's not fair. He tricks them. And then some (laughs) of them, they get out and he, especially the females, if they give him a kiss, he lets them back in. That's disgusting. Ew. I oh agree, God. but then Welcome I saw to the seventies. William yeah. Shatner gave him a kiss so he could come back in. <laughs> oh, funny! <laughs> oh, I, love that. I love that. Shatner went up and grabbed him yeah. and just planted. Isn't that went interesting? On. Though it was, you would think that it would be the the lightest part of the show, and it was not light at all. It was very, very stressful. And yes. I re- there's this one part where it wasn't the actual caller; it was Joe Namath, and Joe Namath is getting up in Mr. T's face, and he's like, "Scratch your head, scratch your head," oh. right in his face, and Mr. T is standing there looking straight ahead and he's not moving because Joe Namath didn't say Simon Says and it didn't seem weird to me at all you guys I loved the obviously we all love the obstacle course listeners probably all love the obstacle course so we're Mm -hmm. gonna we'll talk about that a little bit later but you said how you said dunk tank not a sport not a sport I totally agree but I loved watching the dunk tank and I Mm -hmm. think it was because that's when you could really see their faces and they yelled at each other Uh and they're like, you know, I was watching one and she's yelling at Scott Bayo, like, you can't do it, Scott. You can't. And you know, he proceeds to dunk her three times in a row. It all seemed to be in good fun. They, Mm -hmm. you know, rarely did you see them getting really upset with each other. Um, Sometimes when someone got eliminated or um, penalized on the obstacle course, they would get really mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but Asner I loved- was really upset about the starting blocks being wobbly. His starting block was oh, wobbly, I- but nobody else's was wobbly. <laughs> and the inflatable kayak was the oh. worst. That was the worst. There was no way to look good in that kayak. This is a oh, difficult and challenging event. You must keep that boat in balance, not overstroke, not put that blade in too deeply. And John Davidson manifesting just what we're reporting with a quick early lead while Joan Van Ock is in trouble, as you can see in this panoramic shot. And bringing up second place at the present time is a surprisingly steady Lynn Redgrave. You can't make it go straight. You can't keep it in your lane. And people just, <laughs> like, you have to get in all these awkward, dehumanizing yes. positions. It was a very neutering event. Like, there was no way that you could maintain your dignity. It was you just can't all get your out celebrity got washed off. Oh, you can't get, get out of it without yes. looking like a, like just like just a flopping fish. Foolish. You just Why have to, like, flop yourself over. Why know. did they have it to was, have the little puffy blow-up kayaks? Couldn't they have had, a, like, a real kayak that wouldn't look so stupid? No, because the inflatable ones are, they're less stable and there's more fun. Yeah, it's, it's funnier. Melissa Gilbert had a good strategy, though. She jumped in, but she was tiny at the time. She was about yeah. 13. She jumped in on her knees, and so she was on her knees, yeah. you know, paddling as fast oh. as she could. And then when she flopped out, I think it was Hal Holbrook had to get in. And mm-hmm. he was, like, giant. His legs are straight out in front of him. He's, like, basically... <laughs> leaning back and like he's, he's going down to, the river yes. <laughs> he's going tubing yeah. and then yes. they're about to sink when they oh, um, you guys it's really fun to watch as adults don't you agree it was D- super didn't you fun, have fun yes. going yes. back and, and prepping fun. for this episode so yes. listeners uh all our friends oh, yeah. out there go back and watch it as adults we all have great memories it's hilarious and for those of you listening that's why we we didn't have this wasn't even scheduled in season two but this, our society has been so vocal about how much they loved this show that we thought, oh, we, we've got to do a battle mm-hmm. on the network star. So I would really encourage you to go back. A lot of episodes are the full episodes available on YouTube or just even a two-minute clip. It's really funny as an adult to go back and watch yeah. it. Yeah, and you'll see why you loved it. I mean, it's just oh it's all the stuff yeah. we talked about before. It's like field day at your school when you get to see all your teachers in shorts. And you're all, it's not just the athletes at your school. Father that are Guido competing. in a Speedo. Right. <laughs> Father Guido in the Speedo. I'm sorry, Angelo. Father Angelo. Right. That's right. And so you get to see all of your kids competing, not just the athletes. Plus, hopefully your principal won't put on a Speedo. Um, <laughs> okay. okay, I have to go back to the tug of war because the tug of war was my favorite. I oh. loved the tug of war. And I remember thinking, if Lou Ferrigno is on your tug of war team, oh. is that fair? A- I just wondered if that was fair. And... Sure. And LeVar Burton said, um, 
in the same vein when he lost because he's pissed about it. And he's like, but they had Grizzly Adams. How is that fair? But I started understanding that there was strategy involved with the tug of war, that Uh they always had the Grizzly Adams or the Ed Asner or the Lou Ferrigno as the anchor. I learned the word anchor. (laughs) I'm just laughing. They they would have the Lou Ferrigno, the Dan Haggerty. Or the Ed Asner. Well, he's big, right? I, I, I'm laughing that those three he's are Santa the same. Claus. He's tiny. Yes, he is Santa Claus. <laughs> Just poor. Because still, but I, he was the anchor. He that was is the funny anchor. though, I know. Carolyn, because I don't really but compare. You don't think of Grizzly Adams, Lou Ferrigno, and then Ed Asner. Ed Asner as being and Lou Grant. <laughs> I started to understand that there was a proper way to play tug of war. First of all, you have an anchor. I learned the word anchor. And then the people who are just like pulling willy-nilly, they're not going to win. You have to pull in unison. And so oh. when you have Lou Ferrigno at the back going, pull, pull. And Valerie Bertinelli yes. is like pulling alongside Lou Ferrigno and they're doing it all at the same side, I'm like, at the same time. I'm like, they're going to win. There is a strategy to playing tug right. of war. Did we know that as was, kids or did we learn that as adults no, watching it? No, I had no idea. I learned that from yeah. Battle of the Network Stars. I totally <laughs> learned that. And then when it was over, there was something very real because the tug of war destroyed them. And they yeah, would did. be like lying on the ground and they couldn't look at the camera. It was the most, it was the most real moment of Battle of the Network Stars, the tug of war. Yes. Mm-hmm. I liked watching the tug of war. I hated it on field day as a kid. Like if our class was oh, in the scary. finals and our class mm-hmm. had to go oh, to the tug of war, it was the worst and my hands burned and I, you know, I'm not yeah. athletic. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be in the tug of war team. And I just remember the feeling of that rope on my hands. Yeah. Or how like about it. when you knew it was over? Like, you know, you'd been pulling oh, for yes, so long God. and then yes. you just all are going And then everybody, and your no little hope. feet are trying to get traction, <laughs> but they can't. <laughs> And the rope starts pulling the wrong way through your hands. You're like, no, no. Well, and at That's my true, school, though, you guys, there's always there's always a very telling moment when the tug mm-hmm. of war is all over. It's it always over. starts pretty, it's and over. then all of a sudden, there's that one second yeah. that it's just like. That's all she wrote. And that other team just goes flying. (laughs) And apparently there was a weight limit for your team at the Battle of the Network Stars. You had to have the same weight on both sides. So then Mm -hmm. I guess it doesn't really matter if Lou Ferrigno was on your team or not. And I guess William Devane, he was one of the captains. And their team was like one pound overweight. And so then, of course, what do you have to do? You have to eliminate a player. But he's like, nope, we're not eliminating a player. Everybody to the porta potties Everybody, you got to get rid of something right now. I don't want you coming back here until you've purged everything out of your body. They came back, they reweighed them, and they were underweight. Okay, that's the best story ever. Isn't that great? Yeah. William Devane, brilliant. Also watching, like, William William Devane, watching him and going back again, I'm going to say it again, as adults, I am cracking up at how young all these people, you know, Frank Gifford, just, Mm -hmm. you know, Frank Gifford's dead. I mean, so many of them are dead that we're watching, but just watching even the people that aren't dead that we love, they're so young. And it's so fun to watch them. And we thought they were so old. And the women's voices, watching Jacqueline Mm -hmm. Smith be interviewed, her voice even, you know, we... For those of you who don't know, Carolyn got us all at the beginning of our podcast. We had a cameo from Jacqueline Smith, and she said the Pop Culture right. Pop Preservation Society. She's so elegant, and her voice is so mature and she elegant. Might be listening, classy. We shout out, to yes, her. Jacqueline. Right. We love you, and we'll she just assume could not be more beautiful and classy mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. But oh, watching yeah. her, watching a 1978 Jacqueline Smith, and her voice is so young too, and yeah. it's just it's a beautiful thing. And I do the math because I look at them on the Battle of the Network Stars in 1978, and those are the people that I know. And I do the math, and I'm like, oh, my God, that was 45 years don't, ago. Don't do that. Tristan. I know. I know. It's Mm-mm. not a good equation. It's not a good Mm-mm. equation. Okay, so the, the kayak, um, no, the tug of war was my favorite, but the scariest one for me was the tandem bicycle race. Also not a sport. <laughs> That's a tandem bicycle is something you do at a picnic. It's not a sport. Now, I'm sure a lot of people are going to call me and yell at me. Nonetheless, the thing about the tandem bike is that the pedals have to go at the same rate. And so if you're not pedaling at the same rate, like if somebody's going way faster and you can't keep up, you're screwed. You just have to take your uh-huh. feet off the pedals. I think and it's that very happened. Difficult. It's very difficult. And my Ingalls was one of the people, I'm sorry, she has a name. Karen Grassley, Karen Grassley. said, 
Karen Grassley was on a tandem bicycle with Larry Wilcox from Chips, and he was just a powerhouse in front, and he just made those pedals go so fast. She's like, I was, I couldn't keep my feet on the pedals. So finally, she just gave up. She put her feet up on the frame of the bike and just let Larry Wilcox take her into the finish line. Isn't that cheating? No, because sometimes there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. And there was actually a really scary bike crash because it, the same thing happened to Lorenzo Lamas. He couldn't keep his feet on the pedals. And was they he with, like, Ann Jillian? Like, yes, the, the pairing yes. of these people is cracking me it's up. It's hilarious. Ann Jillian from It's a Living. It's a <laughs> Living. I love that show. Yeah, so apparently Angelian was the powerhouse in that equation, and Lorenzo <laughs> Lamas couldn't keep up with her. And so his feet are flying, and they're getting stuck in the pedals, and they veer off the, the um, what's it called? A track? And they crash. It was, was very it, oh, scary no. to me. Wait, was it really Angelian? I just came up with that. I just threw yeah, that name out there. Oh, it was. I think it was. Well, mm-hmm. the producer of the show, you guys, he says that they started um, just towards the end, just throwing out new ideas. And he says things like the tandem bike. Oh, God. Um, you know, tandem bike race. They didn't even have the proper type of track for that. So you're supposed oh, to have, God. you're not exactly supposed to right. just be able to fly off into a mm-hmm. ditch. They, like, he kind oh, of admits, gosh. like, there were some things we just were sort of like, let's do that. Oh, here's a nice road they can ride down. I'm so yeah. glad you say that because that's part of why it was so scary is because they're on, they're trying to turn the corner no, on this yeah. dirt track with these very long bicycles and this is geometry people this is geometry you're not gonna be able to get around that corner with that big bike when you're mm-hmm. going at that speed especially when it's only larry wilcox who can pedal and eventually they just go it was frightening it was hair well and on the same note i guess when the whole thing started they the producers had to kind of convince all the producers of the television shows that all these stars are coming from listen we promise there's, it's not, they're not going to get injured because the producers of, you know, Happy Days and WKRP sure. and Little House on the Prairie, they were a little bit worried. They were a little bit like, wait, what? Are all uh-huh. of our stars are going to compete? Like right. they're going to come back with a broken leg or a concussion and they're not going to be able to act. And I guess the, um, they say that the worst that happened was like a sprained ankle. I can't believe that. I cannot believe that. Oh, mm-hmm. well, That's so crazy. Either. I just want to interject. I'm having so much fun. This is like the best episode ever. I'm just like visualizing Larry Wilcox. Just I know he, didn't do, right? he did not do great in the inflatable kayak. So no, I'm glad mm-mm. to know that he was really just tearing it up there on the he bike kicked ass on the tiny on the tiny with, bike. With Lorenzo Lamas just with mm-hmm. his feet. Up. But with Ma Ingalls on his joy. behind him, yeah, yes. just putting her feet up on the Larry. frame, holding on for yes. dear life. <laughs> I mean, you got, you know, the California Highway Patrol and Caroline Ingalls just, where else? It's just joyful. Yeah. And when go. you watch the tandem bike race, you see, like, there'll be a whole slew of people on the back with their legs sticking straight out. And that means I've lost control. I cannot keep my feet on the pedals anymore. Oh, my gosh. So, that so would be fun. me. Okay, the stars slash athletes, the strathletes. If you will. Did you oh. guys have favorites? Of course. of course. Absolutely. I had, I had, I would say that mine were more the younger stars. Um, mm-hmm. You know, surprise, surprise, Scott Baio. Uh, right. If you've been listening to this for, um, f- for a while, you know that, you know, I was, Chachi was my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved Valerie Bertinelli, but I also had a girl crush on her. I loved one day at a time. So Valerie Bertinelli, Christina, you know, all the ones that I'm sure you guys are going to say. Mm-hmm. One that I think that I'm surprised by going back and watching some, I saw this actress and I thought, oh, I loved her. And it was Erin Gray. You know, Erin Gray. Now I mm-hmm. knew her. She was at the time, she was in, I think, Buck Rogers. But yeah. I, I, I don't know if maybe that's where I knew her because mm-hmm. my memory of Erin Gray is more Silver Spoons. But that's going to come later. You right. know, I remember her, though, on Battle of the Network Stars. I just thought she was beautiful. And she is. She's mm-hmm. beautiful. And she's quite the athlete. She's um, very I'll athletic. talk to you about that in a little bit. But, yeah, I would say um, growing up, I didn't pay, real, pay much attention to the older stars. But you guys watching it now? Holy shit. Hello, Greg Evigan. Where have you been my whole yeah. life? And mm-hmm. Jill, Gil Gerard? Woo! Yeah. 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 I will say, though, as a child, I had an older man crush on Richard Hatch um, because, I mean, Zowie, that man is easy to look at. And Mm -hmm. when I, you know, now the past couple nights watching them back, I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, good job, Michelle. You had good taste because he is 
He's he a pretty a man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was a pretty What man. about you guys? Who who did you love? My favorite to watch? was definitely Penny Marshall. Um, oh. and I think part of it was because um she she was natural in the way that she moved. She was a naturally funny person, but she was also natural in the way that she moved, like Christy McNichol, so that it wasn't it wasn't uncomfortable for me. It wasn't I didn't worry about her and she wasn't going to ruin her dignity and she wasn't going to embarrass herself. And I just liked Laverne in general, so I always kept my eye on her. Yeah, I loved her too. And I um I loved Gabe Kaplan because I thought <laughs> he was so smart. So as you already know, mm-hmm. except for one season, I was team ABC all the time, except for the one time Jimmy McNichol was on because he was representing the Fitzpatrick's or California Fever. He was team CBS. So that was my only time liking CBS. Mm-hmm. So that to be said, I just thought Gabe Kaplan was so smart and he was a good athlete too. So when he was the captain, I just knew ABC was going to win. <laughs> so I just would be thrilled to see him. And Gabe Kaplan is the captain because <laughs> I thought we're not losing this time. And then and last night I was what? Go ahead. So many tube socks. I don't know why, but when I think of Gabe Kaplan, I just picture like his big afro and the tube socks, the mustache and the tube socks. It's uh-huh. just so funny. Well, and when I was watching last night, again, coming back to the inflatable kayak, I felt like it was, sometimes I'll watch YouTube videos of people falling on ice because I think it's so funny. And oh my God, Carolyn. I know that's awful, <laughs> awful, but they're, supposedly they never that's get right, hurt you and do. stuff. Yeah, I just like those fail things. So that's what the inflatable kayak was kind of like. <laughs> people would just be all whatever and it was hysterical but he was one of my favorites but also in that same race captain and Tennille were two of the um stars that oh, were because they had the a variety kind. show yes and oh, let me I tell you tony Tennille, she could really row that inflatable kayak <laughs> she, <laughs> she was the she first was leg for team abc and she she could do it because it was really hard to go around the thing at the end yeah you have to go around back. the buoy yeah. You have to have and actual she, paddling skills to get around that yes, thing. And most people don't have job. paddling skills. We you know have to know that. Surprisingly, Captain was not a good, a good paddler. <laughs> Errol Dragon did yeah. not ironically have some good paddle skills. That's right. I have a fun question for you guys. Can I ask you guys a question really mm-hmm. quick? Do you guys know who, which star had the most appearances on Battle oh. of the Network Stars? Oh, I think, I think Scott Bayo could be up there. Okay. What do you think, Carolyn? I'm going to have to go with Scott as well. I'm going to tell you Scott was second. So does that, oh. does that change oh. your answer? Scott has the second most appearances. Okay. Um, hmm. Ed Asner. I'm going with Ed Asner. Okay. Um, I'm in the, I'm going to go with Christy McNichol. I know that's not okay, it. Okay. You guys, I'm about to blow your minds. Oh my God. What Charlene is Tilton, <gasps> who played little Lucy Ewing. On little Lucy Ewing on On Dallas. um, Dallas. Dallas. She has also Wendy Springer on. She has, I think, eight appearances. Scott Bayo, I think, has six or seven. Mm -hmm. Okay. Scott Bayo thinks he has the most appearances, and he also thinks he holds the record for the men's obstacle course. Once he doesn't, okay. Can we just say Scott Bayo gets the biggest dick award, not the banana hammock kind of dick? I mean, like currently or back then. Back then. Okay, both. what you oh, just both. mentioned. Let's say both. <laughs> yes. Okay, yes, both. Sorry. What that's you just, just mentioned, opinion. like, he thinks he's all that. He thinks he's Mr. Obstacle Course. I'm not denying that he was good on the obstacle course, but mm-hmm. he doesn't hold the freaking record. And he here's a he quote. He thinks he does. Yeah, he thinks a lot of things, apparently. So here's <laughs> a quote either. from Scott Bayo today, like, not back then when people said <laughs> shitty things about women, but today he is quoted as saying, we always got upset that there had to be women on the team because none of them could catch a football. And they were always upset about their makeup. Well, most of them anyway. And then the, there's also a quote from Angelian. Ha ha, Angelian's going to win the day. There's another quote from her talking about a pass thrown by him um, to, that was just a super shitty pass. Like he was supposed to throw it to her. He throws it to the other side of the football field and she has to hustle to go all the way across the field to get his shitty pass. And so she digs into her dancer training and she does like a big jeté leap. She gets the ball. She clings. She falls to the ground, clinging the ball to her chest. And the crowd just goes nutty because nobody thought that anybody could catch that shitty Scott Bayo pass. Okay, I have one more fun question for you, though. Yeah. Um, which star, do you know which star they wanted to get, but they never got? Oh, Mary Tyler Moore. Mm, that's Carolyn? a good one. Um, I'm going to say Michael Landon. Oh, 
that's, that's a good a answer good too. Both are that's excellent answers. Unfortunately, meh, they're wrong. John Travolta. <laughs> Never oh. got John Travolta, but they really wanted to get him. And they just think that Vinnie um, Barbarino. the producer says uh, by the time Battle of the Network Stars started, Saturday Night Fever had been released or was mm-hmm. just being released. And they don't know. They just think that his agent, his his people just thought he was already too big. He didn't need it. <sighs> mm. He didn't want to do it because he wasn't a very good athlete and he, didn't want, he did not want to embarrass oh, yeah. himself. Oh. He said, I can dance, but I can't do anything else. I could oh, he could have done some of those things, though. He could have gotten oh, yeah, but a let's, goddamn let's imagine. kayak. <laughs> well, I remember, you, you guys remember the whole segment um, of Danny Zuko trying to, like, run track? Yes! Oh, my God! <laughs> With his Converse high so, tops yeah. on. So yes. maybe, maybe it was a good decision, John Travolta. <laughs> that would be in the awkward maybe that running wasn't competition. Acting. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah. so apparently um, Joan Collins wore pantyhose under her jogging shorts and her tube socks. <gasps> oh, my and goodness. I know. Wouldn't you love to see that? Okay, I have a couple of other just stats. Do you guys want to okay. know some of the yes, favorites please. and sure. the, the fan favorites and what they excelled yes. in? So we all know. I think we can all agree. Christy McNichol mm-hmm, the is queen. just a favorite yes. of yeah. all of ours and listeners, too. And mm-hmm. in Battle of the Network Stars, she was a beast. Even her first race was in 1977. Even at that first race... When she was just 14 years old, she was all a four feet, 11 inches. Wow. She weighed 75 pounds. And you guys, this we know. Why? Because they posted their weights on the screen. Isn't that crazy? Can you believe that? Did they do that for the men too or just the women? <sighs> no, I think. It, oh. Oh, I'm sure everybody. Okay. Anyway, she just killed on the obstacle course at, yeah. at 4'11", 75 pounds. She set a record then. And she beat Ma Ingalls twice. <laughs> yeah. You know, Ma Ingalls on the obstacle course, that's one of those moments where you get really uncomfortable. Oh, I love it. And Kristen yeah. McNichol was a joy to watch because she was so natural. You so cute. You enjoyed watching her run that obstacle course. Mm-hmm. And you didn't get uncomfortable, like, watching Joan Van Ark doing the side stroke. Pool. And like we talked about in our Christine McNichol episode, we love her because she's so real and we all related mm-hmm. to her. And watching Howard Cosell interview her and ask her questions. Most of my friends feel, you know, like I'm a normal kid because I am. Um, my fans feel that I'm, you know, I'm real special and everything, which is nice and everything. But I like to be treated normal. I don't like to be treated different. We're not going to treat you anything but normal in the battle of the network stars. You better come through. You understand? Yep. She's just so, she's well-spoken and she yeah, just she seems so, so real and calm. I, um, she actually only did three battles, um, two in 1977 and one in 1979. Oh, that's it? Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. That was, uh, those are indelible yeah. memories then. She must have made an impression. Because in my Absolutely. mind, she was in every single one. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, Scott Boo, mm-hmm. uh, who at the time we liked, or I liked, I mean, I don't know if you guys, I think you guys yeah. liked, I mean, oh, we liked I to watch him Oh, I definitely thought he was cute. I didn't know he oh, was Oh, my dick. God. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. yeah. So Scott Bayo made six appearances. Uh, he set the record on the obstacle course for men until Mark Harmon beat him oh, in 1982. Scott Bayo, <laughs> uh, Speaking of hot men, Mark Harmon. Oh, Ooh, oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. I can put him in the battle from way back in the day. Him, are, yeah. they, are him and Pam Dauber still married? Speaking they of, are. Sort of they are. They are still cute. Married. Oh, that makes God, me really they happy. Cute. Aren't yeah. they adorable? Okay, and in 1983, Scott Baio had, like, the mullet of the century. Okay, Valerie Bertinelli, just always adorable. And to this day, we love her. Wolfie's mom. That's how I literally think of her now. She's Wolfie's mom. I love Wolfie. I love Wolfie's mom. I love Eddie. Valerie Bertinelli participated in four battles, and she excelled at the obstacle course. Melissa Gilbert was in five. Uh, from 13 years old to 17 years old. And she's just kind of known for being just an all-around good athlete. Erin mm-hmm. uh, Gray was the kayak queen, actually, and she was oh, only in three. You know what? She could be the reason she could be the kayak queen is because she has um, proportions that would allow her to not get into those awkward dehumanizing positions. Uh, she could maybe, like, yeah. fold herself in a way and get the paddles in the water so that she didn't look like a fool. Well, and aren't you? Don't you think too? If you're if you've done one battle and you know you're going to come back and do another one. You're buying yourself an inflatable kayak with that $10,000 so. and you're getting yeah, in your pool right. in your backyard and you're right. practicing. Your I'm going to get a pool and then I'm going to get a kayak. Yes, $10,000 should cover right. it. Uh, okay. And then Gregory Harrison tra- from Trapper John MD, oh, he yes. was actually an avid surfer and swimmer. So he excelled in the pool mm-hmm. and he came from behind in 19. 19- 
80 in one of the swim races. He came from behind to beat Scott Bayo. <gasps> yes. And the crowd went Way to crazy. go, Trapper John. <laughs> yes. Right. Here's a but really But did he fun beat fact. Joan Van Ark? I don't know. Yeah. Yes. yes. (laughs) We'll assume. Um, Fun fact about Gregory Harrison. He met his wife, Randy Oaks from Chips on Battle of the Network (gasps) Stars. Wait, Trapper John is married to Randy Oaks from Chips? I don't know if she still is, but he was. That's where they met. I didn't know that. And Randy Oaks actually holds the record for the most dunks in the dunk tank. She was dunked 16 times. Oh, (laughs) Okay, and the last one, this is one of you guys' favorites, Mm -hmm. uh, Judy Norton Taylor from The Waltons. Yes, Mary Ellen. Yes, and she was in three battles, and she is pretty known, pretty recognized for being one of the best females in Battle of the Network Stars history. When they played three-on-three football, Judy Norton Taylor made four touchdown catches. (gasps) And that was a big deal. Yeah, Carolyn, you want to take us down the rabbit hole? (laughs) Yay! I would love to, but I would also like to qualify with I don't want a timer or anything this time because no. my information <laughs> is too exciting to have to. We know this episode means so much to you that Thank we you. We're don't dare give it to you. put you on a timer. Mm-hmm. You get as much time as you want. Okay. Thank you. I really appreciate We'll cut that. our boob stories for you. Right. We have to, we'll edit out our boob stories for you. <laughs> I knew I loved you guys. Okay. Well, I did try to keep it thematic, my rabbit hole. So it does kind of fall under the fact that Battle of the Network Stars had a ripple effect in some programming on television and some other shows kind of were offshoots or competition kind of shows. So first, I want everybody to know that the Laugh Olympics was a direct offshoot of Battle of the Network Stars. So if you remember Scooby-Doo, Laugh Olympics. you're talking about? Scooby-Doo? Like the cartoon. Yes, the cartoon. Oh. It was mm. Laugh Olympics, Hanna-Barbera characters. We had Team Scooby-Doobies. Oh. Yogi Yahooies. <laughs> oh, my God. And right. the Really Rottens. And they competed <laughs> against each other for the gold, silver, and bronze Olympic medals. Okay, read and me the team names again. Right. The Scooby-Doobies. The Scooby Doobies, the Yogi Yahooies, and the Really Rottens. So, and our I remember Scoob- loving that too. Uh huh. Yes, but I don't know that I, I ever too. put that together. No, I never That's did. Really interesting. No idea. Yes, it and was yet, a- duh. Of course. Right. Exactly. And ABC. So, if you want to know who was on the Scooby Doobies, it would have been <laughs> yes. characters from Scooby Doo, <laughs> Captain Caveman, and the Teen Angels, Dino Mutt, Dog Wonder. <gasps> what are some of those characters? The Yogi Yahooies were um, characters from Yogi Bear Show, The Huckleberry Hound Show, and Quick Draw McGraw. And then the Really Rottens were just the obnoxious kind of villain characters from all of those. And they always cheated. They always cheated in the uh-huh. Laugh Olympics. So, and you know what? It did not include a laugh track. So how about that? Huh. But it was called the Laugh Olympics. Yeah. The I Yogi Yahooies. Yeah. I just like to say the Yogi Yahooies. So uh, we have Laugh Olympics, and then because we obviously spent this last hour, well, whatever, talking about Battle of the Network Stars, always aired on ABC. This was an ABC go-getter. It always premiered or debut, whatever. Hold on. Battle of the Network Stars was always on ABC. It was always the week usually after sweeps ended um, on our so regular season TV Mm -hmm. was over about to get into the rerun season and we have our fun battle of the network stars always on ABC always a huge rate getter maybe there was a little jealousy on some of the other networks so if you recall CBS decided circus of the stars might be their chance to get some of our stars one to, uh, to yes Dress in little leotards and fly through the sky with the greatest of ease. I don't know that they won any prizes. I think it was just more of a display of their acrobatics. Did you guys like that? I I mean, yes, I did, but I didn't have the same feelings about it that I did for Battle of the Networks. No, but I loved it. I loved it, but I I agree. Yeah, I think it's the competition factor. Maybe. Yeah, I think that Mm -hmm. adds something to it. It felt personal. It wasn't because I'm the least competitive person, but it felt personal because when penny marshall won i won and you knew she was happy to win all right i want everyone to buckle up because i didn't remember this but nbc wanted to get in on the gig too oh my god nbc aired us 
against the world. I've Anybody never remember? heard no, of that. No. What okay. was it? Well, let me tell you. It was us or U.S., so United okay. States, was one team. The U.K. was another team, Great Britain, and then the rest of the world was the third team. <laughs> Well, oh, yeah. I, oh, I have so I feel like that many things wrong. to say about colonialism just, and like <laughs> indigenous populations. I'm uncomfortable. I'm very uncomfortable <laughs> like, right now. I'm very uncomfortable. Well, I cannot believe, especially that Kristen had not seen this. I want to tell you that the um, the show was hosted by Don Rickles, um, Ed McMahon, and Jack Klugman. <laughs> they were oh. the hosts, and they it's would sort of have fitting it does. announced yes. The U.S. squad, here, here is who represented the U.S. in this show. We had Linda Blair, Chevy Chase, Dan Haggerty, Kate Jackson, Gabe Kaplan, Christy McNichol, Jennifer O'Neill, Rob Reiner, David Soule, and Flip Wilson. That's serious. That is very oh. serious. Yes. But wait. Wow. Just wait till you hear oh, who no. was on the U.K. team. Oh, my God. The UK squad, this team, Roger Daltrey. Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> Richard Dawson. <laughs> Marty Feldman. Oh my God. Susan oh, George. Sarah Miles. Roger Moore. Wow. Rod Stewart. Twiggy. <laughs> and oh, wait, God. the best is Andy Gibb. Oh, I just got sad. <laughs> there was a third team. We can't forget the rest oh, of the right. world. Oh, the rest of the world. The rest of the world. The colonists um, and then the rest of I'm the world. I'm terrified to know who was know. on this team. The um, It had three Canadians were, were repped. Um, Susan Clark, Rich Little was the captain, and Michael Ontkeen. They were Canadians. Then we had German-born LeVar Burton. Oh, <laughs> He was? LeVar Burton was born in Germany, so I he was on the rest LeVar of the Burton. World. Oh, I did too. Oh, I still love LeVar Burton. I love him so much. Yes. Did you know, you guys, that there's a big campaign to have him be the permanent host of Jeopardy? I'm oh, that's, that. that's a good choice. That's yeah. a great Wouldn't choice. That be great. Mm-hmm. I mean, starting with Kunta Kinte and ending with Reading Rainbow. Reading Rainbow. I just love yes. LeVar Burton. Well, he represented the rest of the world because he was born in Germany. In Germany. <laughs> Along with Elkie Summer. Of course. So he oh, of course. Elkie Summer. Yes. Of course. Then, um, what about Charo? <laughs> right. You know what? Char- they didn't have Charo. They did have Sergio Mendez representing Brazil. Oh, and the, the Tijuana Brass. Yes. And mm-hmm. then Britt Brit Eklund of Sweden. So, yes, I, I was just floored to find this. But I can't find any video of it. I wow. have looked really hard. So, you guys, us against the world. That is crazy. We're going to have to try to find it because... The more you know, yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knew? So would this work today? Like, if you could... would If they did a Battle of the Network Stars today, does that even make sense? Mm. I mean, How they tried in, what was it, 2017? They tried. And they don't mm-hmm. have networks, so they had to... Right. Listen, if they did it today, I would watch it, but who would we be watching? Who would we even be watching? Well, and the, the two, 2017 reboot... They didn't even have current people on it. They had people from Happy Days. <laughs> Happy Days was no longer a show. So that kind of answers didn't our question, Didn't they have, question, like, TV doctors against TV lawyers yeah. and TV? I think they did something White like that, House didn't White House people they? versus yeah. um, TV that's a, I mean, and that's not children. a bad idea. I'll say that's not a bad idea. That's a way you could do it. It's just that there's not a lot of network shows we watch anymore. There would have to be, there would have to be HBO. It'd have to be, you know, Netflix there shows. There are too many against. stations. There are too many it's channels. Too many. Oh, gosh. Right. Yeah. I don't, and the way many. the celebrity works it. now, I don't think it would work because nobody needs this the way that we needed it because they can... They follow people on social media. They see their celebrity stars every day in mm-hmm. They're All Together. Right, right. Full circle, going back to what right. we said at the beginning. Mm-hmm. We yeah. watched so it because it was a glimpse into their real life, and mm-hmm. that, was, that was unusual, and it was, it was so, such a unique thing to get to see. I also don't think that celebrities today would put themselves in that risky position. I, I think they're that. far too, their brands are far too managed. They would never, even though they say stupid things on Twitter and they have to apologize. Nonetheless, I don't think that they would want to embarrass themselves. A lot of them would. You would definitely, Scott Bayo would definitely get back Oh yeah, he there. would. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it would be all these C and D level, you know, 
Yeah. Like the Scott Bayos and the Ricky Schroeders of the world would be the, the ones that I would think be so. out there doing it. Mm-hmm. But we have so yeah, many nothing. choices now. I don't, how would they even figure out who to ask to be on the show? Because there isn't one certain single person that everybody in the household would go, oh, we love that guy. Or even we know that guy. Right. We yeah. don't even know all the same people. No. Right. It and would so be like this is us cast di- against. I'm just trying to think of like the mm-hmm. the shows that people watch, and I don't know that it's universal like it was. It's not that universal, want, but That's that a it good was back it. then. Mm-hmm. We knew who all those people were because we knew mm-hmm. all the shows. Right. Unless you got the show, you know, it's it's the same as now when we watch award shows. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a huge award show junkie, mm-hmm. but. The past few years, I don't get as excited for them anymore as I used to oh, because God, I don't I know the shows. I know. I don't mm-hmm. know the shows anymore that are up for all the awards, and, or right. I don't know the actors that are up. And so it's not as fun to watch for me. And you can't, you can't root for people in the same way because you don't know who right. all the people are. Yeah. Yeah. So I think mm-hmm. the battle of the, a new battle would be much the same for me as award shows. I'd, I'd probably yeah. still watch it, but I wouldn't it's, enjoy it, wouldn't, it as much. It wouldn't be the same titillating thing that it was Mm-mm. before. There was one mm-hmm. guy who was on, I wish I could remember who it was, who was on the 2017 reboot who said the same thing that they couldn't gather people that everybody knew and so instead of battle of the network stars he said it was like battle of some people you may have seen on tv <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of true that's what it, that's exactly what you were describing michelle mm-hmm. yeah so i think i think this is an example of something that could only work at a very particular moment in time and it just happened to be our moment Yay. just one more reason to be a proud gen xer right Amen. Yes. Thank so you many. for listening today. And maybe go practice your side stroke in honor of Joan <laughs> Van Ark. And if you know others who loved Battle of the Network stars and just Gen X pop culture in general, please share our podcast with them. We rely on you to keep getting heard and for Amy Poehler and Tina Fey to eventually discover us and want to <laughs> produce our show. <laughs> in the meantime... Let's raise our glasses for a toast, courtesy of Jack Tripper, Janet Wood, and Chrissy Snow, who is so much more than what lies beneath her t-shirt, to good times. Two happy days. To Little House on the Prairie. Cheers. 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 (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this Encore episode. While we are on our brief hiatus, we hope you'll take some time to explore our fun catalog of episodes. We've talked about a lot of the things that made our Gen X childhoods so memorable. And remember, make sure to follow along on social media so you don't miss some of the big announcements we have coming up in the next month. We are so excited to share with you all what we have planned. Information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast belong solely to me, the Crushologist, and Carolyn and Hello Newman, and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, I guess there's always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded at Modern Well, a woman-centered co-working space in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanu Nanu, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you. We get a happy feeling when we're singing a song.